Welcome to the No Shit Show. My name's Conrad. I'm one of your co-hosts. And I guess we, you know, ordinarily say some weird factoid about ourselves. So uh, I lost my primary Twitter account. <laughs> we definitely have to talk about that because okay. that was that was big. But yeah. I'm Michelle. I'm uh, Conrad's co-host. And um, uh, my interesting fact was I went after the person who got his account <laughs> shut down for a few days. <laughs> Uh, I guess oh, it's not interesting, but what a transgent, whatever his name is, pedophile. Yeah. Trooper. Yeah. So let's talk about that because it, it's been a while uh, since we've talked. And I, and I joked the other day because we, you and I have just had a shitty year. Yeah. And, and so, like, you know, we did our first season and we did our second season of the show. And we were pretty regular on those. And then, like, this last season, we just, you know. So we're starting over, and I, it's like we're kind of like Game of Thrones. We had to take a year off to you know get really good. So hopefully we won't fizzle <laughs> out like you know that last season did. So maybe that wasn't the great, greatest analogy. Uh, but and any other show that's really great that had to skip a year before it came out. <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, yeah, I lost uh, I lost my Twitter account. When I say I lost my Twitter account, you know, I threatened a pedophile uh, with physical violence, and I knew when I did it that I would that that was a violation of the Twitter rules. You know, I could have deleted the tweet and problem solved. I didn't in part because I guess for me, I wanted it out there. I wanted to explain, you know, I'd went after pedophiles in the past and I had um, quietly, you know, tried to support the cause online of some of the accounts I followed that were speaking about, abuse and child abuse i mean i'd supported those accounts and i had tweeted about it some but not regularly Uh it wasn't something i wanted to necessarily champion myself the other reason i didn't delete the the tweet and you know decided to lose the account is because to be real honest i just had grown tired of a lot of the content I was seeing in my feed all the time, you know, and I didn't want to do one of those massive unfollows and cause drama and, you know, explain why or why not. I, I don't know. I think that's pretty, yeah, pretty lame. I was proud of you. You know, like you stood up for something and you knew it was going to happen and you, you called it, you texted me and I was like, yeah, I think it'll be fine. You know, cause I, I've, I've gotten rape threats on Twitter that stood for weeks and Twitter did nothing. I'm like, eh, it, it'll it'll be fine and sure enough within a few hours you got blipped yeah. <laughs> and i was just like and, and it's just amazing to me and the basically all you did was you threatened him with hands i mean jeez <laughs> yeah i mean I this is a guy who like you know grooms young girls on social media trying to trying to make sure that they understand the difference between pedophilia and just being attracted to to minors i'm like no sorry sometimes you know even when you just give something a thought when you start to try and justify it by making sure you understand the definition you're starting to say it's okay you're grooming and it's not okay some thoughts have to be told no that's not good and you don't do it bad dog 
And so it's just amazing to me that there's people online and, and they're the ones talking to young girls so they're, or young boys trying to get their next victim. I noticed about a month ago, a month before I lost the account, I was seeing people tweeting things, um, pedophiles. I mean, tweeting yeah. things that were very cavalier. You know, I thought it was like it was nothing to them. Yeah. And they felt very, you know, comfortable expressing that, you know, they see it as a sexuality. And every time I hear someone try to rationale. Yeah. I thing. the thing that they never discuss is the victim. Nope. Uh, you know, they never, they, it's like, the, and it's because they don't see them as a person. That that's why, you know, they see them uh -huh. as an object. So they don't, they're not concerned about the victim. And for me, being someone that had experienced abuse, it's, it's a, it was hard to swallow. Yeah, the, the shitty part about Twitter is that algorithm, and you know, I I don't know a lot about those things, but what I have noticed is that once I engaged those people and called them out, then the frequency of something like that showing up in my feed just blows up. Yeah. And it's the same thing with uh, the vaccine and anti-vaccine tweets and the protesting tweets. You know, you engage one time and then that's all you're seeing. And so for me, you know, it was just to the point where you log on to Twitter and it's not 2018 anymore. Yeah, no. You know, there's not month or uh, three day long threads about dumb things like boobs and chocolate. or <laughs> That was know, my best hashtag ever. <laughs> it, well, exactly and and you know it's it's become so vitriol with people that you know they pick a stance and then that becomes them you know that that's every yeah. day all day long that's all they want to talk about and i <sighs> I mean, you got to change it up some, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you know, I didn't go on to Twitter to see everyone's social justice take all yeah. day, every day. Um, well, it's like everyone started selling stuff. It seems like on ag Twitter or like had something to promote. And, and then, yeah, the pandemic happened. And I think what's really alarming is how many people on ag or, you know, I mean, I know our listeners are more than just ag Twitter. But I noticed this a lot on Ag Twitter is so many people who wanted an audience started tweeting the most shocking things just to get reactions. Mm -hmm. And it, it starts to snowball because they like that attention they're getting and they're posting even more and more shocking stuff and stuff that's completely wrong, completely dangerous, completely infactual. But they love the attention and they're addicted to it. And it's made the place just hard to put up like i had to mute 20 different words and and doing that pretty much my feed is no longer the people i used to to talk with and uh it's made my life better in some ways and uh yeah there was there were several accounts that i would to to be able to see a tweet from them i'd actually have to type in their at mm -hmm. page and then you know they might have noticed me like like three or four of their tweets 
you know, over the past two weeks because I, I literally hadn't seen their tweets, but I always enjoyed their content. And I don't know, you know, why it wasn't showing up. And I know that you can use lists and all those types of things. And that's great. I liked Twitter because it was quick, you know, uh, and I don't know. I just, I don't feel like making a list because there are days that I don't want to see, you know, I want to just see baseball content or things I just want to see. So you wind up with 10 different lists and you're trying to pick from, I I don't know. I I guess I just don't need my life to be that complicated when it comes to social media. And I was uh, speaking with someone, a friend actually from Twitter on the phone last night. And, you know, she asked me, well, are you going to come back? And I'm like, well, technically I never really left. I did create the no shit show one account Yeah, and you have access to it. I have access to it. And then we have someone that runs the account for us. And I think we're going to try to have her on in a couple of weeks. If not, if not, we'll have her on at a later date. Um, her name's Natasha link. And she was someone who was a friend who was outside of the Twitter sphere and, had a background in, you know, uh, developing social media accounts. And I wanted this show to reach a broader audience than agriculture because we don't talk all the time about agriculture. So anyways, we were speaking and I said, you know, I don't miss it. I don't miss that account. I haven't missed it one day. Um, I miss some of the people, but, you know, they can follow the other account and I jump on there this week it was once a day the week before a couple of times during the week i'll be off and on it um most of the tweets are not mine but a few of them lately have been and so so i'm not off of it but no i'm not going to create another account uh that much i do know because it's not what it was for me when i enjoyed twitter and i i said you know I guess for me, growing up in small town America, I thought we just kind of accepted people for their differences because, you know, we all have to live together. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, if the parts store owner was a liberal, you didn't care. And if the if the farmer was a conservative, you didn't care. And, and so on and so forth. It uh-huh. wasn't, uh, that wasn't the priority. Because, you know, ultimately we cared about each other, right? I mean, that was was primary. And social media has allowed us, you know, the great thing about it is it has allowed us to seek those who think like us, which is also maybe what's bad about it. Um, I think it's uh, caused those people that were always the really weird ones, the ones that had strange ideas, the ones that, you know, those ones that were just a little bit too odd for everybody. The ones that had those ideas, you're like, where do you come up with that? It's caused them to find each other and they feed off of each other. You know, they found each other, though. I mean, social media has been around a while. So we've had, yeah. you can go back 10 years, and I don't think you see the same vitriol that you see today. But, but a lot of things have transpired. You know, the rise of Amazon in the last decade. You know, so we've and the rise of wall, you know, Walmart, of course, has been around a long time, but the superstore chains and, you know, we don't we don't have that sense of community 
whether you're in the inner city in a rural area that we once did because we've all been forced into a more of a suburban type lifestyle Uh that's what we're living and uh you know and then fast forward to 2020 and covid isolates everyone and so your sense of community goes to the internet and your reward system is basically telling other people what they want to hear uh, based on, I mean, that's it, you know, it, and the more you tell them what they want to hear, the more rewards you're going to receive. Yeah. That, that's, and the whole, the whole thing's built that way. I mean, you've, you're, you know, your algorithm keeps feeding it because they want to keep you on platform. I mean, that, that's the whole thing is the longer you're on platform. So that's why the reward system is built that way. The other thing that I felt, uh, and, I, and I thought of this the day after, you know, I lost the account, was your feed, your timeline, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, is a reflection of who you are or who you've become. Um, because the algorithm is built that way. It's rewarding the things that you think about, that you believe, that you want to see or disagree with or agree with. Uh-huh. That that's what it's doing, and it and it keeps reinforcing that constantly throughout the day, um, which doesn't leave a lot of room for um, new ideas uh, or different thought. Or hearing someone with a different perspective. Yeah. Because that's not, you know, that's not why people are following you because you will change your mind. And no, no, no one's going to change their mind because they don't want to risk losing quote unquote friends. But they're not really friends if they're going to unfollow you because you disagree. Because we go back to the beginning of what I was saying was we cared about each other. We didn't care about these things. We cared about each other. Well, if you care about these things more than you care about someone else, I don't think you can call them a friend. No. That's my opinion. Um, you know, and, and that was the other reason why I wanted the account to die. Uh, I didn't want to, you know, once the story was out there once I shared the podcast that you recorded. Um, I didn't want to become a poster child for, I, I lived it. I lived uh-huh. what happened to me. I would like to live, you know, most of the rest of my life, not reliving it. Um, there are, you know, there were things that transpired in my life in 2015 that brought things that I had buried deep inside of me back to the surface. Um, and it's been hard to get them put back away. Um, but I, I didn't want to, you know, I don't want an account where that's where I tweeted about all day, every day, and everybody had to put up with me going after pedophiles and talking about child abuse every day because my account, I guess I had looked at it as these people all, you know, 
I care about what happens to them. I care about who they are. Uh, you know, when I hear about somebody that passes away, it upsets me. It affects me. Um, you know, when somebody unfollows because they disagreed with a point, you know, it bothered me, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. And, I mean, ultimately, I knew that it didn't matter. And my life was never going to be changed by it. But from a personal standpoint, because, you know, you care about people, it, it, I don't know, it just gets old. And so being able to jump on the No Shit Show 1 account once in a while and get my Twitter fix and engage with people, that's been the really cool part, is that some of the people that I really liked have started to follow that account, um, knowing that I think they see the style of tweet and they know it's me. Um, but they, uh, you know, and being able to engage with them back and forth a little bit in a meaningful way, it's probably, you know, the best part about it. And then when I scroll the feed and I want to give a shout out to any listeners that have joined us that are from the sci-fi writing community, because we seem to have really stumbled into an amazing community of people that they, they support each other and they're they're into sci science fiction writing and several of them have books. Um, and I'm, you know, we've already talked about science fiction on this podcast and I think we'll probably continue to, if not just a little more now. Um, but they're, you know, seeing some of the things that they talk about and learning, like I, I'm kind of picking stuff up left and right. Um, when they, you know, when I read their threads and that type of thing, and I'm like, this is pretty amazing. I'm not going to be a science fiction writer, but it's, it's interesting to engage with these folks. Um, so, and then there's a, a litany of other people that some of them have podcasts. Uh, we, I spoke with someone today on the account that, um, she has a podcast that, is about adult content and she had been a, a stripper i guess and then started a podcast and so I, I thought we would have her on because i mean i i i like strippers i don't know about you but i'm i'm a fan <laughs> well i'm not the, exactly the target audience for strippers but <laughs> i haven't seen one in a long time but you know i'm just saying but anyway, so the, I don't know. I guess that's kind of the long and the short of it is, yeah, a lot of our friends from back in the, you know, middle of the last decade to the end of the last decade, yeah, they've moved on to other things. They've, uh, you know, they sell things, they promote things. We're promoting things, of course. But, you know, they're, they're, they're not on as much or they're on other platforms uh, quite a bit more. And I guess that, and then a few of my friends have just went off the rails uh, with the anti-vax movement. I'm mean, just going to say it. And it's, and it's spiraled into the craziest shit. Oh yeah. Ever seen in my life. I mean, the, the literally will just throw anything at a wall to make it stick to the anti-vax movement. And, you know, I, I don't know. And somehow if you've gotten a vaccine, you're, you voted for Biden and, you know, it, it says everything about you and, and it says nothing about you. That's what I don't like about it. 
is getting a vax or not getting a vax now says everything about you online. And that's just not real. No. There's some people that are just, as I go back, they're saying things for the attention. It's like they can't necessarily believe that. Like, oh, all you guys are dying. They got it. I'm like, it's been a year since I got mine. I'm alive. I never got COVID. I'm good. (laughs) You know, every single person in my family got it. Every single one. My mom, my brother, my sister, her family and kids, my husband, my kids. And you know what? 98% of my family is a bunch of Republicans, too. They all got the vaccine. So why this has suddenly become a political issue that, like, some people in the Republican Party are trying to make it like this is our new thing, that vaccines are bad. Well, and it it goes back and forth. I mean, you see, you know, it's the same thing out of the Democratic Party where you have people saying, you know, anyone that didn't get a vaccine is you know uh, an activist trying to destroy the world or the country or you know couldn't have voted for joe biden i i am sure there is someone out there that voted for joe biden that didn't get a vaccine King oh yeah and just like there's you know plenty of people who voted for trump that got a vaccine um uh, so i i think that's ridiculous but uh, to me it's just it also reeks of insecurity. You know, I, I want to believe this, but the only way I can believe it is if I convince a bunch of other people to believe it too, and then it'll be true. And that's, it's not how truth works. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I just, these things are, are not healthy. That's, that's what I see is it's, it's just really not healthy, but I feel like if I can steer clear of the social issues and stick to, you know, having fun with the, when I'm on there, um, then I, I feel like that I can enjoy, you know, Twitter at least a little bit through, that account and and that'll be fun and several several people have my phone number or they they want it you know reach out man send a dm to the no shit show one account and tell me you want to you know text me and blow up my phone or whatever and we'll we'll text it away man (laughs) (laughs) um well i'm i'm sad that you're you know i think you'll have an account again one day just in a different way, not just the no shit show. I mean, it's not going to last forever, but I think definitely who you'll follow will definitely change and the way we interact as it is. It's not the way it was, you know, years ago and back when it was really fun and we all could have fun and joke around, you know, as a sad thing is you realize like a lot of friends we had are gone now, you yeah. know, they quit altogether or they're off doing their own new things or they're big in other ways. and Or they passed away. Or yeah, so many a few passed away, and it's it's just sad. So I hope what we haven't bored people to death rehashing, you know, the last month of yeah. So <laughs> what else do you want to? What else do you want to? Let's cover? let's talk about like you know, you, like since you've been taking over the counts, you know, some interesting things have been brought up, and I didn't pull any you know tweets today to talk about it because I knew we wanted to talk about what happened with you and why we've been gone for a while, and yeah, but we had some interesting questions posed, and I figured we'd talk about them and. And look at some of the 
the replies we've gotten. And so first off, um, let's go with today's tweet. And I'm assuming this was you. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is Hawaiian pizza should have cherries as well. Absolutely, that was me. That is, that is fucking disgusting. What no, is wrong with you? I, I'm telling you, cherries on Hawaiian pizza will change your life. And I don't even like cherries to begin with. And my dog's name is Cherry, or one of my dogs. <laughs> but it's like, well, and somebody told me what kind, and really, it can't be the dark cherries. Um, it's got to be a really light colored cherry, and it is fabulous. The pineapple agrees with it. And I don't like pineapple on pizza either. I well, no, I'll. There's one way I like it if it's been cooked first. Because if you don't, if you put pineapple on a pizza before it's been cooked, all the liquid from the pineapple gets in the pizza and makes well, it watery. Right. It's just well, gross. Right. You've got to, of course. That's okay. the same thing. Sear that pineapple first. Exactly. A hundred percent with you on that. I'm telling you, a few cherries on there, not like a bunch. Talking oh. just. You know, one or two per slice. It's giving me the heebie-jeebies. It's spot on. I'm telling you. Someone asked you if you were pregnant and having a craving. I, I am. Uh, <laughs> the thing I wanted to talk about was that I'm pregnant. And that's that's the big news. Conrad's I, pregnant. I don't know who the father is, so it's weird. Yeah, that's that's um, kind of weird. You can get a test for that. Pull me, love me. So <laughs> this is the comment that made me notice it. it was from Rob Galen, who's a, a who's a, a carrot farmer in in central Oregon. He <laughs> says, you're banned from Abby's. And uh, you probably don't know what that is. Abby's is like the best pizza chain in the West. Like, wait, Abby's <laughs> pizza. Because I, I drive through Rob's town all the time and I always stop at the Abby's he's talking about. So I'm like, ooh, Abby's. So he, do you know, have you ever met him in real life? I've never met Rob, but he doesn't realize that one night I hit a really bad storm and, okay. and it was really windy. And I almost like, I was like five seconds from uh, messaging him going, Hey, can I come and stay the night at your place? Cause I didn't know if I was going to be able to make it all the way through. And I did. And then the last time I drove through his town, um, it was snowing really bad, but I had a truck full of sheep and not, not like in the cab, but you know, in the back. And, and so it's usually like an hour from like that town to the river and then another hour to my place. It okay. took four hours to take a drive. That's normally an hour. Cause we could only go 25 miles per hour. Cause the trucks were like rolling down the hill. Like their chains weren't even good enough. And the funny thing is the snow wasn't even that bad. And then some guy jackknifed knifed his big rig on the road. We had to wait an hour for that to clear up. So Yeah. That was the day a 12-hour drive took 20. Oh I was not happy. I didn't get home till like 3 a.m. And I had to work the next day. I'm I'm about to go on a really long drive. Where are you going? I'm going I, well, weather depending because, and this is like, I'm the only person on earth that will go on vacation if the weather is bad, I guess. Or maybe maybe that's just people in ag. <laughs> right. Vacation if the weather's bad. Um so my son has a class trip coming up um, and they're going to Washington, D.C. Oh, fun. And I'm one of the chaperones. So which I understand that that does not support my argument for the school systems. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I am a chaperone. 
Um, but no, we're going to Washington DC and I'm super excited. I hope I get to go with him. Um, we're going to see Gettysburg and Washington monument. There's the, Gettysburg is beautiful. And it, it's a, so it's 15 hours out there on a charter bus and we're there four days and then charter back. And I'm and the days are like packed. Like I, I don't think I'll work this hard all spring. <laughs> That's going to be fun. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I get to travel a lot this summer for my oldest daughter's softball team. It's they're playing some crazy tournaments. Like they're going to be in Reno for a week, and then three days after Reno's over, we need to be in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Where are you <laughs> going to be in Chattanooga? Uh, yeah, anywhere. I don't know yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll apply. I'll excited. I don't think it's that far from you guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say, is it July or August? Oh, the date. It's going to be July. Yeah, I'll I will come down. Awesome. To, yeah, actually, to hopefully it doesn't get canceled. You know, but I'm like sitting there, I'm like, should I fly? Should I drive? Because I mean, so I'm like literally starting to think, okay, girls will get done with their tournament in Reno. And I pack Ace and her friend into the vehicle and just haul ass to Tennessee because I'm so sick of flying. I actually like to drive. And especially in the summer when it's nice and you can see things. And the girls are at the age where they're looking at colleges. Like My, my oldest daughter, my daughter, she's going down to California next week and looking at some cool school she's interested in going to and maybe playing softball at. So well, kind of a fun age. I'm I'm excited because I've never been technically east of Ohio. I mean, I've been to Florida and Georgia, but not like east of. Does Florida count for anything? The Florida is a, I I hate that Florida gets such a bad rap. <laughs> My sister lives there. <laughs> um, I love it there. I would move there in a minute. That's a wonderful place. Kind of wondering if that's going to happen now. <laughs> yeah, might not let him go. With, uh, yeah. World events going on. Well, that's, Which the other, on that subject. <laughs> that's the other thing. I mean, I hope we don't go through another. I don't think that the world's going to tolerate more lockdowns. I'll just be honest with you. I mean, it, it, whether or not it's the right thing to do, I'm not going to argue with anybody. I just don't think it's going to work. Let's face it, for a lockdown to work, everyone needs to be in their house, and the only people out are first responders. Right. My, my coworker, he's doing a second career now as a high school teacher, and he's got a PhD in immunology. I mean, he's, he's ran labs. He's made vaccines. He's made pharmaceuticals. And he's like, the only way a lockdown works is if everyone is locked up and no one leaves. And he says, if we had done that the first two weeks, if that had been a true lockdown where we couldn't even go out and pick up a pizza or anything, it would have worked, but the way we're doing it, all we did was hurt businesses. All we did was, you know, hurt l landowners. Like, I feel bad for, um, like, people who who have tenants in, like, yeah. apartment complexes and housing. Like, they weren't allowed to kick out people not paying, and I feel bad for people who couldn't pay their rent. But, man, that was all just bound to snowball on each other. Yeah, it was, I mean, knee-jerk reactions never work out well. And no. that's what it was in the beginning. And then, you know, once you've, I mean, once you've screwed the pooch, that's the other problem is once you've screwed up, you know, it's not like you're talking to a small group of people. You're talking to the entire world and mm -hmm. they're just not going to go along with you again after that. And, you know, that's part of the problem that I see on the, you know, on the left side. I mean, there's problems on both sides of the aisle. And 
one of the problems I see on the left is that the idealist answer is not going to work. Um, and you can't say things, you know, some of the, some of the things that uh, media personalities and politicians have said um, were just blatantly untrue as well. Like Rachel Maddow saying, you know, if you get the vaccine, it kills the corona, it stops it and you'll never get it again. And that, that's, that's, that was the worst thing for, and that's, sorry to interrupt you, but like, that's been the problem with how science yeah. communicated this whole thing. Even like with the polio vaccine, it does that's not always, it starts to slow the transmission rate. Yeah. And as less people are acquiring it, um, then you'll finally reach herd immunity. But it's ne- the one thing is you could still get it, but the symptoms will be a lot less. And that is, that is huge. Like when COVID cases were still really high, those vaccinated they weren't dying as much and they're, and they weren't having as many long-term reactions. And it's sad that politicians just screw everything up basically. Well, they talk out of their ass trying to get elected. I mean, that's yeah. the thing you got to remember is that they're trying to get elected. So they're, they're doing the same thing that a big Twitter personality or Facebook personality or Instagram personality does. They're doing the exact same thing, which is telling people what they want to hear for votes. And all this is done is set public health back now because people aren't trusting vaccines and doctors and the health system. And and it's made my job a lot harder because I have parents now questioning even more what I teach their kids, which is fine. But, you know, when you can't argue with germ theory. You can't argue with, you know, you can't trade an antibiotic with a virus. It's just those are but because of such misinformation going around it's like well i saw this on the internet I'm like oh boy this is gonna be fun <laughs> and then that's another thing you know this whole i keep reading online how our school systems our public school systems have been uh ruined forever or whatever and these kids' lives have been uh ruined forever and i'm like it's okay. a resilient first of all my public school system is amazing. When you walk in the door, you just see kids painted murals everywhere. Okay. That's the first thing you notice. And then they do a fabulous job of, of displaying projects. I mean, walking through the hallways is like scrolling social media. That's what it's like. You, you, you can really see these kids bringing out their personality in the work that they're doing. And, yeah, they wore masks for a while. They're not anymore. Um, and so we're not wearing masks anymore. And that's fine, too. I My kids didn't even notice. Like, they, they've not talked about it. They've not been like, oh, my God, so great not to have to wear a mask. Like, they just shrugged their shoulder. I actually asked them about it a week ago. I'm like, so is it pretty awesome that you don't have to wear a mask? Even baiting the question, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm leading them. And... They just shrug their shoulder and they're like, meh, whatever. So that doesn't sound like somebody that's traumatized to me. That doesn't sound like somebody that's, you know, just had their childhood ruined to me. It sounds like somebody doesn't give a fuck. That's what it sounds like. Honestly, most of my kids, uh, you know, we, Monday was, we didn't have to wear face masks and most students have opted to keep them on in my school. Um, I I stopped wearing it unless I'm around someone I don't trust because, you know, they pulled on my nose, but it's amazing. Like the kids, you know, for everyone who said, Oh, we're ruining the kids and and the kids child abuse and they don't like it. At my school, 
the kids want to keep them on because they have family members who they're concerned about. Because I live in a community where we have a demographic where, you know, families are multi-generational in a home. And okay. they want to protect grandma, you know, or grandpa. Right. And, and the little siblings. Well, and, 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 and so there's nothing wrong with that. And I guess, you know, the only problem I can see that would arise is if my little school in Illinois decided to, you know, take the, the to virtue signal how they were better than your school because yeah. well, vice versa. You know what I mean? Like, we live in different parts of the world. Yeah. Okay? Let it go. You know, what's going on in New York City isn't my problem. This is like the state of Ottawa. I mean, look, I don't know the right answers to all of that. I know that there was a lot wrong done on both sides. I think I do not like some of the mandates. I just don't. But that's me. You know, at, at some point, you know, if you keep escalating a situation, and escalation can include just time passing by and no progress then something's going to happen. And I guess what I don't get is when, when it finally does happen, I mean, when you fuck around and find out, what what do you expect? I mean, what's you thought it was going to go different? Come on. Don't. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just intellectually dishonest. You know what's going to happen in the back of your head. In fact, I think a lot of people were rooting for it to happen just so they could fire off a tweet about it. Oh, yeah. I so said people live for those things now. I, uh, they always have. And as I always remember what my dad used to say is, you know, <laughs> he always tell me, you're gonna be surprised how dumb people actually are. And then the internet came and, and showed me and uh, that people <laughs> just want attention. And so I think my dad is telling what he told me is I've thought about it a lot since his passing is people have been the same. I mean, it's no real different than it's been since the beginning of time. I think we kind of notice it more on social media and the advent of social media is a big game changer in our life. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be as much for our grandchildren because they're going to completely have grown up with it. So I think as we see things from our perspective and it, you know, it's probably just always been that way and we're just more alert to it now because we don't want the world to be this way. Unfortunately, it's that never ending cycle. (laughs) And then I think we have a fundamental misunderstanding of several things. And I've been noticing this since, I don't know, since January 6th that, you know, whatever, the insurrection, I don't know what to call it and I don't really care. But the idea that somehow the CIA and the FBI and the Secret Service and on and on, all those organizations that serve different purposes of protecting us in ways that we might not be comfortable knowing okay <laughs> yep now, i i guess i i don't understand a few things one is how we can mock them for being blatantly stupid and also they're the mo- they hatch the most evil sinister well thought out plans ever and you know some fucking from bumblefuck oklahoma can figure it out okay yeah i'm sure that's real (laughs) that was awfully precise um (laughs) i i I just well i'm just saying or illinois for that matter or any other state (laughs) yeah i just 
you know, I just happened to pick <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <laughs> I, uh, but 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 in all honesty, it, it, I just think that we take the surface level, you know, things that we see, and spin a shitload of unsubstantiated bullshit that it, it and attach it to it and that and that's not real and in all honesty i think that those organizations uh, one I, I don't know how much they look at social media i'm sure they have somebody that does but two i think they probably laugh their ass off at how wrong a lot of it is oh yeah and and those folks are in the know you know when i look at things like uh, what's going on in the Ukraine right now and with Zelensky and, and, you know, when I look at the, the conspiracies of, you know, somehow the, the Ukraine is who started this. I mean, I've seen so many different conspiracies. I can't even begin to go down those roads partly because I, man, they're really dumb. And, it's, and it, I think it's the problems like we're having so much building on top of each other is like one thing and then it was COVID and then it was the vaccines and now it's this thing with Ukraine and it's amazing like it's people that we like like and used to talk to and we're seeing some of the things that they're going to to keep you know within their political party and it's just starting to be alarming you know it, and it's funny to me like you know growing up you know, as a good little Republican kid, we didn't like the Russians. You know, we grew up on G.I. Joe and, you know, you can get those commie bastards. Yeah. And, and yeah. now it's like Putin's our friend. He's our ally. He's he's a winner, you know, and you're like, no, he's he's trying to reclaim the USSR. He's trying to rebuild it. That's exactly what we hated as a kid growing up. What are you thinking? <laughs> I just assume when I'm cons- when I'm watching the news or I'm reading the paper, or whatever it is, however I'm consuming information about a war or an event, I automatically assume that the reporter doesn't know everything, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I automatically assume that those with the highest level security aren't going to tell me everything. <laughs> no, they're not. Okay. Um, it's like, it's... <laughs> We would always ask this question to each other as kids. Would the government tell you if aliens had had actually landed? No. 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 You don't want Mass that. hysteria. You don't want that. That will be a fucking mess. And believe me, this, this would be a small sample size of what that would look like. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, we failed. <laughs> <laughs> we do not deserve to know. <laughs> there's some things as humans it's like the matrix they can't handle it they couldn't handle no. utopia right you had to try again <laughs> yeah. so if you if you tell people that the extraterrestrial life has actually been here oh fuck and you can prove <laughs> it i don't know i that's when i'm gonna lock down and i'm just gonna i'm gonna stay here <laughs> i think this is actually a good segue to where i think we should end tonight not yeah. that i want to like talk but you know i gotta work tomorrow so yeah. do you but uh, talking about extraterrestrials and everything. Our count also recently asked, have you ever been to an actual haunted house? Was that you or was that Natasha? That was, no, that was not me. I would never, okay. I, <laughs> That's a question that, I would ask. I was looking at my I diary. I never <laughs> would ask something like that. I fucking don't believe in that. 
So that's, you're no fun. I know we've <laughs> talked about it before. <laughs> I loved that. I loved the question. I loved the. Uh, I loved all the responses and the experiences people shared. And uh, one of them, uh, Randy Ermacher shared a very good uh, take, an experience that he had, you know, and I wouldn't have expected Randy to have had that experience. Um, and I, I believe him. Okay. Like I don't believe in ghosts and haunted houses, but I believe the experiences that people share with me because it was real to them. And I, I'm not skeptical and I could be wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's one we had a quote tweet. I grew up in a Victorian schoolhouse. When I was a teenager, I used to see a girl in my room. And while my brother often saw a boy at the end of his bed, the weird thing is we never told each other until we were adults. See, there's a kid that would make me uh, leave the house. I'd be like, nope, some strange kid. Nope, I'm out. Yeah. I stayed, we stayed at, so in the back end, the very first time I went to Vegas, I was like nine years old and we stayed at a hotel that does not exist anymore. It was over by the Tropicana. And I went to Vegas last month and it was amazing how it changed. But going back to the story. So this is like, you know, the mid 80s. Mm -hmm. And um, we were staying at a hotel. Our room was right next to the pool, like had a sliding door to the pool. It was like that one where I had like, you know, the the first pool that had the swim up bar it was super cool. I'm in a totally Brian De Palma vibe with the story <laughs> in my head. Go ahead. <laughs> so my sister, she wakes up in the middle of the night and I'm sharing a bed with her and my mom's with my grandma in the next bed. And she sees my mom walking across the room and starting to stare at the window. And she's like, mom, what are you doing? Mom, what are you doing? And it's like, mom doesn't answer her. And then she turns over to say something to me and sees mom in bed and sees grandma in bed and me in bed. And she looks back to the window and this person's gone. And she's, she still sells a story to that day. Like she's like, Holy fuck. Someone was in the room. It was a ghost. Oh, and so, I don't know if we got visited by a showgirl or, you know, someone the mob took out, you know, but they apparently liked that room in that pool. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's it's uh it it sure got a lot of responses and they were they were really there's like great responses. There were yeah, people like sharing and they, people are willing to share that because you know so many times when people share those kind of things they get laughed at and I think we've all experienced something that's different and some of us can rationalize it or do rationalize it and I don't say can a little more but you know I've seen things that I can't I still can't rationalize to this day and I wonder if there is something out there and and I've shared that theory before maybe the ground holds memories you know like photo paper yeah replays every once in a while it's a little bit like I know like meta for some people to understand but you know I can go in the history of photo paper if you want and just really bore the tear out of you guys <laughs> <laughs> so I won't <laughs> I I mean when it comes to those type of things whether you know the unexplainable, the, the things that require belief and faith. Um, admittedly, admittedly, I've always struggled a little bit with that. And I, I sometimes, you know, it makes me feel actually jealous or bad that other people can. And, you know, I wish that I could. But at the same time, I do believe that there is a great deal about the universe that we don't know. Oh, definitely. And there's a, and I don't know what happens. You know, the problem I have with uh, like people that are atheists, I, I'm not saying anything bad about them, but for me, the struggle with that is 
I also can't prove that nothing doesn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I want to believe, but part of me is way too pragmatic. Yeah. And that, you know, I, I, I'm almost kind of bummed about that. (laughs) 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 So, um, you but want to believe. believe it's like the X Files. I can't. I, I put it this way, <laughs> I find it. I find it almost impossible for there to be nothing. That's, There's so much out there. Who knows? That's what I, I mean. Yeah, I just I find it impossible for there to be nothing. Maybe somebody mathematically will prove someday that there can't be nothing. I think it has happened. It's just we don't understand it because it's really too smart for all of us idiots on Earth. <laughs> exactly. Well, clearly. <laughs> if we can't understand how vaccines work, how can we understand that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I know. And on that note. <laughs> yep. So, Half the audience we, now hates me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Throw your hate at Michelle. Uh, well. The three Not, people who listen, anyway. Yeah, if you, yeah, <laughs> if one of the three of you um, are upset about any of tonight's content, you're free to take it up with Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you're welcome. Uh, all right, all well, right. it's time for me to go. My dog's humping the bed, which kind of scares me. So, <laughs> yeah. It's- Wow. All right. Well, have a good well, time. Well, it's a dog bed, not mine. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Bye. She knows she got colors. Even though I am famous, she doesn't show me she got us. No big dream. I should have put a dress on sweet things. She just want a man, no queen, king. I think I need a promise with a big ring. La gole bombe, el fala lucifa, y yeti. La gole bombe, el evado el tucuru. La gole est bombée, c'est la plus belle des pécas. Et c'est juste la chamou. La gole est bombée, et quand ça démarche. Il suffit d'être près d'elle, et t'as l'impression que t'es possédé. Sa beauté te malmène, alléluia, amen. Tu ne peux que céder, mais tu ne la 